Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, international breaks have come and gone once again, thankfully, uh, and we're now back talking about the Premier League, talking about Liverpool, talking about all things, not just Liverpool, but all things to do with the, the league and, and the news that's been going on. So I think, Amo, before I ask you even how you're doing, I think one of the big things that will obviously affect a lot of Liverpool fans before we go into uh, our form and all the rest of it and that West Ham game that we're going to talk about um, the whole Gerrard going to Villa like what what do you make of this Gerrard obviously said he was he was loving Rangers he was comfortable there it was silly to ask any questions and then secretly he was packing his bag under the table and he was off um, do, do you think it's the right move that he's made going there? Um, it's a difficult one isn't it because um he had a cut little life at Rangers. He, he, let's be honest, let, let's not beat about the bus. He, he is earning stripes. He, at the academy at Liverpool, done all right. He's come to Rangers. He's definitely made them a better club. No Rangers fan, no football fan can argue with that. Um, and he, he has talked the talk as in, like, you're not going to leave, you know, he's going to stay, don't ask stupid questions. But um, let's be honest, and you know, the, it's the Scottish League. You know, you you're sitting there and you, you, you know, there's two games a season against Celtic and they're the two games that matter. And then all the other games are like a formality. You might get, get the odd draw or there or the odd UEFA Cup run. But, you know, at Aston Villa, he's playing the likes of United, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, um, even Arsenal, you know, playing big teams, big stadiums. You know, you're almost going to, you know, to a couple of thousand fans at, at these little tin box stadiums. You know, is, it, is that big enough for Gerard Plus, He's got to prove himself. So I think the move I keep hearing keep hearing people say is good for both parties. Um and no one's loyal in football, are they? Let's be honest. Um even Gerard, he, he had the choice to sit on the bench at Liverpool. Um, but he didn't. He went to LA, LA Galaxy. And um, I'm not saying that like kind of the the this minister's kind of legacy at Liverpool because it hasn't. But he could have stayed at Liverpool for a couple of years, maybe got closer to Carragher's appearance record and He's even said himself he regrets it. He could have been back on the clock, um. But he didn't. He went to the Galaxy, and he, he, you know, he's got different experiences in football, and he was always going to make that jump, wasn't he? And at the end of the day, the Scottish League, whatever you want to say about Celtic and Rangers, it's still the Scottish League, and um, I think it's a good move for him because if he does well with Villa, he is destined for that Liverpool job. He won't. He won't have you say it. No one wants to say it, but if he does it well with Villa. If he makes them a mid-table Premier League team, which is really what he's meant to be he's there for, he, you know, avoid relegation, become mid-table, then he's destined for Liverpool and gets a couple of you know, couple of decent results against the big teams. It'll be a whole imagine with money, imagine with better players. And that's all he needs to do, and, and the job at Liverpool's this. Um but it's a risk, isn't it? Because what if it doesn't go that way, Danny? He kind of if it if it goes the wrong way, he kind of ruins his it's like, oh well, he only won the league in Scotland because it's a it's a cap league. 
So if we go to Villa and he doesn't do well, that's where the risk the risk element is, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? But I think Gerard's always that type of character, isn't he? That he likes he likes the challenge. Uh, I think that's why he stayed at Liverpool as long as he did when Liverpool weren't playing that well. As it's it's well documented, as we know as Liverpool fans, the offers that he had to to go to Inter Milan, to go to Real Madrid, to go to Chelsea, to have almost guaranteed Premier League, Spanish League, all the rest of it, like. Jose Mourinho was was more or less just asking him to to be his wife at this point and was trying to get him to go here, there, and everywhere with him, um, but he didn't go because he he wanted he, he wanted the challenge of, of being at Liverpool and winning that league with Liverpool, um, and I think obviously he's come out in in numerous press conferences. We've heard all the Rangers stuff, as we said, and Jamie Carragher I think put it perfectly that he hasn't left Rangers because Rangers are a bad team because they're not like Rangers are, are one of the biggest clubs historically in world football. Um, but he's leaving because of the league. The league is just not the same standard as Premier League. Uh, and if he wants to progress to eventually become Liverpool manager, then he has to prove himself in a big league. And the, and the Premier League is the biggest league of all. So why not go there? Why not prove yourself? And why not take on that challenge? If he's going to do it, do it with the challenge. As you said, there's no risk, no reward. And, and if he can take Villa, put them into a, a top, top half of the table side, then he's proved himself that he's that he's took a team from potential relegation and has, and has put them up there. And I think he'd rather do it like that than come and and come and maybe take over a, a, a I don't know a Wolves say or a, even a Spurs or something like that. And sort of it'd be guaranteed that oh yeah, well we're sort of playing for top half of the table. And if you get us top half of the table, that's great. Um, that the only way you've got is down. Gerard's got a chance to be able to really do something with this Villa side. Um. And I, and I think he will. I, to be honest, I think he'll do quite well. They've got the bones there of a decent team. Um, and I think Gerard has proven over the years that he's he can invest well in young players, get the most out of them. Um, and obviously, he'll probably bring Jermaine Defoe with him as well, who's, who's like got, what, 7,000 like, Premier League appearances. He's, he's about 600 years old now. Um, and yeah, like... I think he'll do. I think he'll do all right. I think it's a good move for him. Like, and I think if he wants to do what he eventually wants to do, as said, he said, this isn't a stepping stone a filler. It is a stepping stone. We all know it's a stepping stone. Stop beating around the bush. We all know that if you got handed that Liverpool job at the end of your Villa contract, which runs out ironically at the same time as Jurgen Klopp's contract, we know you're all. We know you're taking it. Come on, like. Yeah. Well, I think. Back to the Villa type of thing. I mean, obviously, we know he's going to come to Liverpool and some come back to it. It's Stevie G, like he is missing Liverpool. Um, but I think as I would kind of you know weigh it up with Rangers and Aston Villa. He was in charge of Aston uh, Rangers for what, two and a half three years. So say you get that Rangers team now, and after two and a half three years being a Villa, and you got the Villa team at that stage, and you played each other, which would be the better team? And I think you could say Gerard three years managing Villa. Team would beat a Gerard three managers, you know, three years of managing Rangers, and he's going to bring. <laughs> the worst thing about it now, actually, I'm close to a Rangers fan, and uh, he said, "Listen, Gerard's a legend. He can't say nothing bad, bad about him, um, and he'll forgive him for leaving if he just leaves his players alone." Because what's going to happen now is Gerard's going to go to Rangers and get all the best players, and they're all going to go to Aston Villa, and they've already got the likes of Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins and players like that, and he's going to raid Rangers. And Celtic are going to win the league, and they're all going to blame Gerard. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Oh yeah, like there's definitely there's definitely a few of the players that the players he raided Liverpool's academy to bring over Chevy Ojo and and Ryan Kent and stuff like that. They're all definitely coming with him to Villa if he thinks that they're good enough. Uh, there'll be ones that he'll leave alone. I think likes a Tavernier will stay there. I think he's looking at any excuse to to get rid of Alfredo Morelos at this point. You don't want to bring that into the Premier League. He's bad enough in the Scottish League. He'd be an absolute mm. nightmare. Yeah, that's literally what the Rangers fan said to me. Um, I must give a shout out to Dale, where from he's a massive Rangers fan, and he literally said Morelos couldn't make it in the Premier League because he gets sent off every week. So, yeah, all, but then he's working with Danny Ings, who's proven quality, he's working with Ollie Watkins, proven quality, and um, McGinn in midfield again, great quality, you know, kind of like a similar type role to Gerard, you know, keeps the team ticking, gets a goal, and um, is aggressive, passionate. So, yeah, do you know what, Danny? All I can say is good luck to him, and if he does. Anything kind of upwards from about twelfth, um, is is, and then however long he's there is, is a good season for Aston Villa, and um, yeah, it is just a step into Liverpool. We we know it. He knows it. Villa know it. Rangers know it. Klopp knows it. Um, 
the man on the moon knows and that's what's going to happen. He's going to go to Liverpool and when the agent <laughs> talks to team ages, which is two, three years' time, um, he's going to come in. Danny Mack's going to kind of probably take over Villa. Um, Jamie Carragher's number two. And uh, he's going to do it the right way because what Solskjaer's doing at United speaks for itself, what Lampard did at Chelsea speaks for itself. You don't necessarily become a good manager just because you're a good player. So yeah. Gerard's actually, he's trying to do it the right way. And um, I think it will stand in a good stead. So yeah, good luck to him. Um, Aston Villa have always been my second team. I don't know why people never thought they weren't. They were always my second team. So um, <laughs> <laughs> why are not, Danny? And uh, yeah, good, good luck to him. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be interesting as you say he's coming halfway through the season so I think no one's expecting anything big from him this season but next season will be when he has to kind of prove himself and as you said if he does he'll end up in Liverpool in, in, when Jürgen Klopp's um, sort of tenure finishes and it'll be great I think it'll be like I, obviously I think every Liverpool fan secretly wants to see Gerrard in that hot seat eventually um, and it'll be great them managing such a big team and Salad and Mane and Jermaine Defoe front, it'd be great. Um but yeah, <laughs> see how see how it goes. But until we until we think of these dreams, um we've got to bring ourselves back down to earth with this West Ham game that went on. Um I think you had said in the last podcast I, I try I obviously sat on the fence as I always do, but was trying to be a little bit optimistic that I thought we'd I, I thought the West Ham style of play would kind of play into our hands. And it really just didn't. The the I think you can't even say like oh West Ham played well, took the chance as well. I think I think it's probably fair to say that they kind of dominated that game to a certain degree. What what did you, what did you make of it all? Yeah, definitely. My summer field again. I said to the boy, didn't I? He turned up. He proved how good he was. And um, they just everything just. Do you know what? It wasn't a game where Liverpool played terrible. It was a game where it was away at the London Stadium. They got a bit of atmosphere. They got a bit of momentum. They're a good footballing team. You know, we joke about West Ham and Moyes. We did last season. At the end of the day, they finished fifth or sixth last year. You know, Moyes is experienced manager. He knows what to do. He knows how to set up against Liverpool. He knows the time waste. You know, they're good at the set pieces and they score from a couple of set pieces, you know. Um, and Liverpool, you know, we're kind of... We've been... We haven't really had a blip in ages. And, and it, this is football. You, you can't go, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of games of getting beat. It doesn't happen that often because that's when it does at the talking point. So it's just a blip in Liverpool season. I wouldn't worry about it. It was disappointing because Chelsea lost points against Burnley the day before. Um, very disappointing. Um, again, we had the chances, though, didn't we? Um, but yeah, I wouldn't look too much into it as in I'm not going to dwell in it and think, oh, season's over. Um, I just think West Ham, you know, a tough, solid away team. They had the crowd behind them. They did everything right. They scored at the right times. Um, that, that third goal was a, was a killer. Um, but you could see it coming because Alison made a save just beforehand. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, don't look too much into it. We look a little bit leggy. Um, hopefully a few boys have got a bit of a rest over the international break. Um, although people got bloody injured, but we won't go into that because uh, let's just not go there. Yeah. International breaks and players getting injured. But West Ham deserved a victory. That's what I put out on social media afterwards. Fair play and good luck to them. Um, and it's a blip. That's all it is. Um, 25 games unbeaten before that. So I'm not worried, um, and I don't really want to think about it much because it, it, that's football. It's a bad day, a bad away day, and it happens. I mean, do you have anything more to kind of add to that, Danny, or would you agree with that? No, I'd agree with that. I think we've said before on this pod, and and I think like always when you see stuff like this, you you see all the fan the fan pages and stuff like that, and people start coming out, and it's like, oh, Liverpool should have invested more in the summer. We said that we needed to replace Wijnaldum and all this, as if we're a as we've said before, like a FIFA team that they expect to just turn up and dominate absolutely everybody. You're going to have bad games and you're not only going to have bad games, you're going to have games where the other team just out-tactic you. And, and that's for me, what that's what West Ham done. The set pieces were exceptional, Jordan, that the way that they've done it, the way that they um, frustrated Allison with the, with, the man on them, with the man on them and stuff like that. Um, they really just sort of, their tactics were far better than ours on the day. Um, I think we got some good goals back. Trent scored scored another free kick. That's so he does that one in every four hundred free kicks now, which is great. Um, so like we scored some good goals and a, a Rigi as well and stuff. And but yeah, I think we can we can talk about it all day and talk about the ins and outs of it. I think we just got done, and I think 
they were just better than us on the day and you've got to sometimes you've just got to shake the dust off um we'll discuss about arsenal in the next little bit of the pod we've got uh, johnny burgess coming on i'm sure we'll discuss um arsenal on the form they're in now but the start of the season they got beat by brentford and we see other teams doing the exact same thing um it happens sometimes you do it you've got to dust your feet off and you've got to go again and that's what we're hoping to do we've got arsenal coming up here at the weekend big game under the light saturday night game uh, and we've got Johnny Burgess coming on next, who's going to discuss that with us, uh, all about his club. Uh, he's a good guy from over here, um, discussing all about the club that he loves, and we'll get a little bit of a chance to talk about the Arsenal of old and the current Arsenal and the current run of form that they're going into. Um, so we'll come back and we'll discuss that in a few minutes. But until then, thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Well, well, well um, as promised we've got special guest uh, Jonathan Burgess here um, huge Arsenal fan um, from the water side here he's been travelling um, from over here in the island of Ireland uh, Northern Ireland to London for the last 30 years would that be right Jonathan? Something like that, yes. More, more, more away than home in the early years, but yeah, traveling. There you go. Well, welcome to the show. Um, and this is going to be an interesting chat, Danny. As I say, we and let's be honest, Danny, we we have to take our flack, um, and we did for years. Arsenal coming to Anfield. I remember Thierry Henry getting clapped off for Anfield in an FA Cup game. He beat us about six two. Um, and there was times me and Danny going up watching Arsenal. You were just in awe of them. Um, and then they become a little bit of recently a little bit of a laughing stock. Um, and who would think that Liverpool would play West Ham and Arsenal consecutively? And the game that you're more scared of would be West Ham and get beat by West Ham. <laughs> but saying that, Jonathan, Arsenal seems to turn a little corner here, haven't they? They're doing okay at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, there's something going on. It feels like the club's got a wee bit of direction back, which it's been missing for a long time. Um, you know, Arsene Wenger was fantastic. Um, and towards the end of his tenure, things things just started to change. It, it lost its direction. You know, Emery came in. He didn't, he didn't have much direction. Then Arteta came in the FA Cup win, and everybody kind of thought, oh, brilliant. We had a fairly grim last season, but last season was a bit, a bit rough. Lose the first three games of this season. All the farewell supporters are screaming for him to go. But things have turned around for the form club in the last six or seven weeks. And that's great. Uh, it's what we want. I can actually see some direction in the team. I can see purpose in the team. And I love the fact that it's a bunch of young guys like it was back uh, in the in the mid to late 80s when I was really sort of getting into them. You know, and it's kind of interesting to meet two Liverpool fans here talking about kind of the, the preeminence of Arsenal whenever they were younger. Because whenever I was... Whenever I was young, it was that Liverpool team of the 70s and 80s that, that was the team that basically you were looking at them going, God, you, you hated playing them because it just was, there was just it was back two points back in those days, you know. So there was no way you were getting anything out of that and Liverpool were getting the two points. So it's, it's kind of nice to hear that get paid back in some form to another generation. I mm. well, as I say, um, we have grew up with the era of Perez and Omri and Bergkamp and like, we're all in awe and you know that that Arsenal team of the you know the invincibles and stuff was unbelievable. And Wenger, you know, it's only because Fergie's been so good over over the last kind of 20, 30 years that like you know you you, you kind of forget about Wenger. But if it wasn't for Fergie, Wenger would be out up, up there above everyone. And, and you know it, it's it's mad because you know out of all the football managers over the last 20, 30 years, Wenger's probably the second best. Yeah. And um, you, you know he's easily forgotten, isn't he? Of what he's done. And what you know, you won multiple trophies. Like the only cup he didn't win was the European Cup. Is that right, Jonathan? Ah, that's right. I mean, that that was a yeah, two thousand and six final against Barcelona, mm. uh, and it, it's it's a real it's a real absence there, and it's it's something people tell me won the Premier League or won the European Cup. I I want to win the European Cup. I remember how special it was. I remember watching those Liverpool finals in the late seventies, early eighties again, like and cheering them on as a British team. You know, and just wishing that, that that my club was up there too doing that. You know what I mean? There's a picture here in the wall behind me. Alan Smith scoring the winner against uh, Parma 1994 in Copenhagen, our last European win. And for a team like Arsenal, you know, you're, you're, you know, a cup winners cup in the UEFA Cup are fairly poor returns for 
for the kind of the, the 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 presence they've had in European football over the years. So I hope that won't elude us for forever. Although the European competitions really aren't what they were back in the in the in the sixties, seventies, and eighties, which is a shame. You know, I think the the removal of the small clubs, the fact that you know Liverpool can't play. Linfield or Shamrock Rovers or something like that in the first or second round of the European Cup. I think it's a real shame. They've taken away the romance, but a lot of romance has been sacrificed in football for uh, for money. Mm. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned the European competition because I was just about to mention um, the two things that have stood out for me, three things that have stood out for me this season with Arsenal Football Club. It's the first thing that they've not been in Europe, so I want to kind of ask you, is that a help or a hindrance, kind of? And also... The 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 amazing Rogue Smith, unbelievable player, and also Ramsdale and goal. Mm. Um, them two players in particular, and you have a no Europe. What, what what's a what's a reasonable season for um, Arsenal this season? God, I go into every game regardless of anything, thinking we're going to win it or with a chance of winning it. There's no point trotting out onto the football pits and thinking, you know, we're here to we're here to keep the score down or we're here for a point. Uh, I, I really don't see the point now. It's, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's 11 men against 11 men, and anybody can beat anybody on any given day, no matter what the form says. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, the, the only team that I see who have got their head above the pack at the minute are Chelsea. Um, you know, we, we've got you on Saturday. We've got uh, United in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, we've got Everton, but they're sort of a wee bit in the, the win at the moment, which I'm sure you boys will be happy about. Um, you know, so so you know, we have a couple of big fixtures coming up. I think the problem we had at the start of the season was Brentford beat us. Nobody expected us to do anything against Chelsea or City, and we didn't. But then he kind of got things clicking in the gear. So as you said, I th- I think that's a fantastic team. You, you know, you look at Obama and you look at Lacazette. You know, those are the two boys here over 30. Everybody else is under 24, 25 years of age. You know, that centre three of kind of Odegaard, Smithrow, Saka. Uh, Lacongo in the middle looks great. Party's starting to come on. Uh, you've got Tommy Asu, who's just fantastic, that Japanese lad at fullback. And and Tavares looks great as well. And, and for Tierney, Tierney hasn't really shown up this season yet. You've got Ben White and you've got Gabrielle. And Ramsdale's just... He's unbelievable. It's great to have an absolute nutter of a goalkeeper again because I think you need one if you're going to win anything. And he is. And, you know, you have a lovely kind of core Englishness in that team as well, which is great because, you know, that ultimately goes towards helping the national, the the English side uh, on a national basis as well when they have Premier League players playing because, you know, obviously they're getting squeezed harder and harder in that top flight as more and more people are brought in from across the world to play in it, which is fair enough. It's the best league in the world. Um, but at the same time, it should be feeding into its own national team as well, which hopefully it's going to start to do. Smith, Smith Rowe's fantastic. Uh, I was sitting behind him when he scored the winner against Watford a couple of weeks ago, which was a game he should have won about six or seven. No, and just managed to squeeze one. In. And that's, I suppose that's the difference because last season, the season before, season before that, we would have drawn that match or and trying desperately to win it would have lost it. Um, but this year we're, we're, we're squeezing the wins in one nil at home against Watford, one nil at home against against Norwich, but then going out and blasting teams as well. Like Villa were blown away, Tottenham were blown away, uh, you know, and then you would have Brighton nil nil down there. You know, you're, you're fighting for it. So, in terms of a reasonable finish, I mean, certainly back in the European places, push for top four, why not? Um, champions, no, I don't think so. Not, not but. And saying that nobody's really put their hand on it yet. I mean, I think one win would put basically one would put you in second at the minute, not hundred percent, but but it's not the Chelsea are six points ahead of us, they're top, and I think they're three points ahead of everybody else. Silly haven't covered themselves in glory. You guys haven't turned up yet, uh real in, in comparison to what you were doing. And you know, and the fact that West Ham are in there, you know, in fourth position really kind of speaks volumes for the the equality in that that league at the minute, I think. Yeah. I think there's a real. I think one of the big things, as you said, it's so it's so tight at the top of the minute this season. So I think it is. It is still apart from Chelsea, as you said, it kind of is anybody's game. You go on a good run of wins, and you potentially you're getting up there. And and I think yeah, as you said, Chelsea are are on form, but there's there's still so much of the season to go, and we're seeing things change so much. The big change I've seen with Arsenal this season, in comparison to probably the last two or three seasons, you look at the last four games. And yes, it was it was one nil against Watford, but your last four games you've only conceded one goal. 
And do you think that that not having? Because I remember, I remember Liverpool going through this period, obviously a, a few a few years back. Um, do you think the non-European football? Yes, it, it maybe stops you bringing in more players of the caliber of of like a Bamiyang. But do you think that it's going to give you a chance to be able to find these sort of hidden gems like your Aaron Ramsdale, your younger lads that you can then train up? And and Arteta seems like that type of manager that he would rather do it like that than than be a Pep Guardiola and spend 70, 80 million pounds on a player. Yeah, and I and I would ra- I would rather they did. Um did it like that, took their time, found out, yes, you know, you kind of go, you, you miss the midweek, the midweek said, yes, I was looking at the teletext earlier on and there's the Champions League back next week and you're kind of going, I wasn't even paying attention to that, I just wasn't even aware it was there. And it, and you've got six less games, so things aren't pushed anymore. Um, You know, what? but what's happening is I'm going to all the home matches, so I'm I'm more um, I'm more consistent myself attending the league matches, whereas I kind of mixed it up last year. You know, we mixed it up before when we in Europe. You know, you know, you'd have done the midweek, you then you'd have gone the weekend. You wouldn't have gone all the time, but I haven't missed the home match this season yet. So therefore, you know, I'm invested in the league more. So you can only imagine that, that must be the same way with the players. It's it's rotten that basically our uh you know our run in Europe has kind of come to an end that kind of 25 years of being mm. in Europe but I mean when when you look at it again I mean that's a that's a kind of false situation anyway because you know, you know anybody above the relegation places in the Premier League is eventually going to get a European place in some shape form or con- you know I mean there's Tottenham away playing like you know the the Azerbaijani under 12s or something <laughs> or whatever you know you can't even get you can't even get those results in teletext you know that's how bad it you can get the Welsh League but you can't get the results of Tottenham's European matches on the on the teletext. What does that say about that competition? Do you know what I mean? So, so that's that's you know that that, that yes, you miss Europe, but at the same time, is it a blessing in disguise? It probably is. It worked out well for you guys that season. You were out because you came back like like really on form, and and hopefully Arsenal do that again. And it just. But I, I enjoy playing different clubs in different places, and 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 the focus has to be your own domestic game, you know. Um, you know, I like the fact the under twenty threes now play the League One and League Two teams in that EFL Cup or that EFL Trophy thing as well. So, so you know that I you've a wee bit more time to focus on those because again, you're not tracking the Red Star Belgrade on the Thursday. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of stuff. So that's that's nice as well, and it's kind of it's kind of brought a wee bit of homeliness back to the club. I like Arteta. I think I think he's worth sticking with. Mm. I see a bit of George Graham in him. You know, there's a few things about him I would change. There's a wee bit of naivety. I mean, I'm nearly 50. He's about 10 years younger than me, so he's still a young man. Um, one of the things that I would love to see him kind of swallow his pride over would be the Matteo Guendouzi situation where he was sent away. You know, and to be honest with you, you know, you two boys would look 19, but, you know, would you like to be held up and sort of made an example of and sort of massive consequences based on what you did as a 19 year old. Mm. He's a silly young man with a lot of money and, you know, you, you know, you, you take him for the kind of the, the cult of a, of a, you know, that he is and bring him in and say, come on, that's not the way to be. Let's see if we can do something with you because he's a fantastic player. Um, and pro, you know, but, but at the minute he seems to be kind of spiraling a wee bit out of control because nobody wants to control him because He's going to smaller and smaller teams than Arsenal. He, you know, he's not at the big club anymore. Probably doesn't like that. And I would have just loved to see Arteta put the arm around his shoulder and say, "Come on, come back here. You can be something for this club." And I think it could have been and could have been one of those great, um, you know, one that I see this yet a young emerging team which has got the next five six years to play together. Yeah, Jonathan, um, you made a good point there about that you were going um, to all the home games because you ought to kind of. It's mixed, it's mixed up your schedule a little bit so times you get the home games. Now, you, you won't know this, but our listeners will know this. Um, one of our biggest kind of um, reasons we started this podcast um, is because when we moved over here, we thought for ourselves, you can't be a real hardcore Liverpool fan and not be from Liverpool. Um, and me and Danny had this kind of fickle, old-fashioned view, didn't we, Danny? That like, how can you be a big, massive Liverpool fan? If you're not from Liverpool, you're not going to have the same passion as a scouter. You're not going to have the same passion as someone that, you know, lives in that city. Um, but boy, were we wrong. And we come over here um, to the island of Ireland and Northern Ireland, and we, we we met people that were just as passionate. And we thought to ourselves, they're actually more passionate and more dedicated because the money and the air miles, um, not to mention being away from the family, the commitment that you have to have 
to follow your club. And you're no different. And you're a prime example of someone that's been doing it for years. Um, I don't know you too well, uh, Jonathan. We only meet recently. Mm-hmm. But I know through what I do know of you, you know, it's, it's this is more than a passion for you, isn't it? This is something that you, you know, it, it's, I don't think you'll ever stop, will you? No, it's a it's a way of life, and it really is. I mean, you kind of I work in the theatre, and basically my life is shed. Well, in normal times, my life is kind of scheduled to do three months, six months, nine months, twelve months, because you're always working towards those projects that are coming up, and then they arrive and you deliver them. So it's kind of trying to create that kind of smooth running towards from one project to the next, and it's a matter of you know where do where do those fixtures dovetail in. Uh, you know, to doing that, you know, when you're doing, you know, I'm going to West Ham on a Wednesday night, so well, then I'm going to, need to work Saturday, so, you know, so that kind of stuff's happening, then you're back on the plane Sunday morning again, so, you, you know, there's, there, there is that, and, you know, I always say to the wife, you're, you know, you, there's less flights, as you probably know, there's less flights at the minute because of COVID, um, you know, the Saturday night flight back is gone, uh, the late night Sunday night flight back is gone. So now if you're going, you know, for a 4.30 kickoff on a Sunday, you have to stay there Monday morning. If you go for a Saturday match at all, you're not getting back until Sunday. Uh, you know, so it is that night away. It used to be great. Ryanair used to run a flight uh, out of Stansted to quarter to 10 the Saturday night, which mean, meant you'd go to the, you would get up, get to half 10 Saturday morning, be over, go to the match and be home for midnight. So you'd still get your beer, watch match today and go to your bed and up on Sunday. But now it's kind of, there's that extra commitment of staying over. You know, it's only maybe 30 or 40 quid in the Premier Inn. And you get up at 7 o'clock the next morning, you go and get back on it. But it's still eating into that day. So there's a wee bit more of that kind of commitment coming now. And so it's, mm. it's I, I drink with a lot of guys, a lot of guys who are just Londoners over there. Um, You know, you talked about the Dial Square thing. We'll talk about that in a while. But, you know, they're all associated with that. So these guys are all kind of cockneys and they kind of look at me and they're they're walking 20 minutes down the road to come to the ground. They're looking at me going, you're out of your bed at, what, half five this morning to come and get this plane here? And you're going, I, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you know, when they're making last minute decisions to come to matches and, and the fellow who sits beside me, uh, there's two guys sit beside me with season tickets as well. So we swap in and out of, you know, there's things not, you know, if I'm bringing my boys over, I have to sit with them. So my season ticket has to get swapped out and stuff like that. So, you know, and they're kind of contacting me two days before I'm going, I'm not using this ticket this weekend. Do you want it? And you're kind of going, I needed to know that six weeks ago, to, you mm. know, to get the flight at a reasonable price and get myself sorted out. And if I'm bringing somebody with me and stuff like that. So, you know, whereas he gets to know, I've told him already the two matches I can't do over Christmas because there's no point trying to do matches over Christmas. The flights are just extortionate, yeah. you know. So with Wolves on the 28th of December, we've set in the 1st of January. And I just go, those tickets are yours. Take them if you want them. But he mightn't decide he wants them until like Boxing Day. Do you know? So what do you do? Right. Um, so that's that. That's one of them. I mean, in terms of the commitment, I people people do look at you and kind of go, "What do you like?" You know, um, man of fifty years age chasing around after a football club. But but it is. It's just. It's just in my blood, and it's obviously in your blood. You invest your time and your money and. And whatever into it, and your year doesn't run January to December. Your year runs August to May, to May. You know what I mean? That's that's the way it goes. Um, you, you, it's it's just I can't imagine not having football. Do you know what I mean? I can't imagine taking that out of my life. Um, the Dial Square thing is encroaching a wee bit on the Arsenal thing, um, but it's uh, but Dial Square and Arsenal are are, are one on the same. Well, as far as I tell you what. Let's go into that. So we'll, we'll, we'll do predictions at the end of the interview. Um, but yeah, let's go into that. So uh, Jonathan, let, let me correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I, I kind of mentioned it briefly off air to Danny. Um, you help form a new football club. Am I right in saying that? That's right. Basically, I'm what there was. There was 89 of us that were fan owners that in that inaugural year of the Square Football Club. We started by a guy called Stuart Morgan. And they play in step eight. Uh, and it's basically the lowest, the lowest non-league. You have to go in at the bottom, so you get at the bottom. And Dial Square was the original name Arsenal whenever it was founded in 1886. Um, and basically because of the way the Crankies are abusing Arsenal Football Club, um, there's been a kind of reaction to that. So Dial Square is fundamentally the kind of the AFC Wimbledon or the, the FC United of Manchester for Arsenal. Um, so I was one of the, 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 the guys that came in on the first year 
stuff my money where my mouth was and 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 did our best to kind of promote the club um and 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 see where we're going probably up to about 160 170 members the league the last year was the first season of course that was cut short because of covid um this season we're second in the league that we're in and hopefully going to get promoted out of it um so that's that's a positive and the you know the the, the, the aim is to get promoted through the non-league pyramid as quickly as possible and get up there you have to be in step six to enter the fa cup so that's the first kind of big we need two promotions they allow us to apply to enter the fa cup and of course then that's 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 a big thing you know obviously to be international football supporters the fa cup's a big deal and that would certainly be a big deal for us to, to get the club in there so i think i think asc asc wimbledon sort of came in there um when they formed it, about 3,000 supporters at their back because of the, the move to Milton Keynes. Uh, and, and, and so they, they started very, very strongly. But I think they had something like I think they had something like six promotions in their first 13 seasons, which was incredibly quick to come through the non-league system. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, they had the support for that. So it's a question of trying to create that support. And people thought, called a protest club, and I suppose they certainly extent that's what it is. But at the same time, it's it's a wee bit more than that. It's a football club in its own right. And I like to describe it as kind of, it's the angel on the shoulder of Arsenal. <laughs> That's brilliant. And as I say, being two passionate football fans, we can appreciate that. And we hope that you uh, let's hope that you get into the FA Cup in the next three or four years. And let's hope you get that big draw. I mean, get you back on. And uh, that would just yeah. hey, it'd be amazing that he's on the BBC. Except uh, Sully, 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 Sully Hull Moor, you know, or something yes. like that. Uh, that, that was, the, uh, Town, Warrington Town played in a few years ago, didn't they? Danny, you knew he was playing in that. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, anyway, that's great to see, and it's great that you. Uh, it's great to hear the passionate speaks out your voice, Jonathan, because we, we have plenty of guests on this podcast. It's our third season doing it, and uh, we've spoken to everyone, anyone, and. During the pandemic, we did a, fo- a special on football and mental health because the football got us through it. And I can see just the, the passion in your voice. It's great to see. Um, but let's talk football. Let's talk, let's talk the, the matter on hand, which is Saturday night football. Um, and there's always something quite special about that fiction on a Saturday night where people have gone to the bar, they've had a few drinks in them, uh, and every single football <laughs> fan that doesn't support Liverpool becomes an Arsenal fan over here. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll, co- I'll come to Danny first how do you see the game going what's your prediction and uh, let, let, let's let's not beat about the bush a couple of years ago me and Danny would be going yes Arsenal yes can't wait Arsenal come oh we're playing Arsenal we're going to stuff them they might score but we'll outscore them as well now I'm thinking beaten by West Ham after the international break Arsenal with a bit of form how do you see this going Danny it's going to be an interesting one. I think, first of all, it's worth saying that I think anyone minding Ammo's age, Arsenal was everyone's second team. Um, I think, I, I know growing up, like obviously coming up, like watching the Invincibles, I think that type of era, I'd, I met Arsene Wenger a number of years ago and um, it was just, it was everybody's favourite team watching them play, unless you unless you were Roy Keane, obviously, in which case you hated them. But uh, <laughs> everyone else loved them. Um, but yeah, it becomes that little bit more uh, in a game like this. As Amo said, a couple of years ago, I think I would have been like, oh, it's an easy game. Um, but I think it's it's twofold this. I think Arsenal have really come back this season. This is going to be a real push, as you said, depending on results. This is you potentially going into second this weekend if you if you can beat Liverpool here. A um, couple of good results. I think this is probably going to be the first real test of, of Arsenal's defensive line, though, uh, and especially Ramsdale as well. I think... Liverpool haven't been firing recently on all cylinders, but I think we've still arguably got the best attacking force in the league at the minute. Um, and it's at Anfield. And there's, and as Ammo said, especially coming into the winter, there's something, European night or not, there's something about Anfield under the lights uh, on a Saturday night. So I'd like to be optimistic and say that it's going to be probably a 2-0, I'm going to say. Um, but... But my predictions are never normally right. But I'm going to go. With, I'm going to stick with two now. Um, Jonathan, Danny's a um, Danny's a fence If if he's a fence there, you'll see Danny sitting on it. I'm telling you. All right. Um, but anyway, let's go there. Jonathan, tell me. I think the game's going to go. Uh, I I want us to play with the kind of the energy and the the 
the the kind of the the freedom that they've been playing with recently. That that's very important. It's, it's the style of it. They're young. They're naive. You're quite right. I mean, that's an incredible experience, Liverpool team. You know, Anfield is not somewhere where we do traditionally well. You know, you go up there some nights, you see stupid results in the league cup, like five all and things like that, and you kind of go right. You know, where did that come out of? You, you know. Uh, Couple of, I don't think it was last season, season before, we went up there and Maitland Niles scored in about eight minutes. But you kind of knew, you know, all that did was kind of poke Liverpool and annoy them. And you knew it was, you needed, you know, if you could have held on to six minutes before time instead of six minutes in, it possibly would have worked out better for us. But, but, but no, um, I would like to be confident. I would like to see us go forward. I think Ramsdale is hard to score against. Gabriel and White have found a way to click. Tommy Asu runs all day. Um, I think, like I said, I, don't, I like Tav, Tavares. I think I think that that back four unit. I don't know where Tierney fits at the moment. To be honest, you could think Tavares is is earned to keep his place. I like him, and and that that back five with with Laconga and Party in front, I think can work well. And then Emil Smith. The, the problem we have at the moment is he's determined to play Abamian. And I think he should drop a bang man. He should play Lacazette up front. And what he should do then, because he can't play Odegaard. And be, it, Odegaard can only play in the number 10, which means he puts Smith throw out in the left, Saka goes in the right. If he would drop a bang man, put Lacazette up forward and run that free, I think it would work a lot better for him. Odegaard can't go left or right, which pushes Smith throw out there. If he has the courage of his convictions, drops a bang plays Lacazette. I think we might be looking at a two-all on Saturday night. I think if he plays a Bamiang, I think the Liverpool defence will wrap him up um, quite easily. And I think we, I don't, I don't, I can't see where the goals are necessarily coming from. I think we need to have a striker who's going to go hunting, and I think that's Lacazette. So I think if Lacazette plays, we'll get a result. I think if he doesn't, I think we might struggle. So that's that is the hedge. If we start with Lacazette, I'll say two-all. If we start without him, I'll say with Aubameyang, I'll say 2-1 to you. Um, well, well, that's really interesting. It's interesting because um, this is no dig at no one, um, but I'm sure people will take it a bit personal. It's interesting that you have someone like yourself that goes to every Arsenal game, um, and Aubameyang is your star player. There's no one even close. He's on more money. There was a whole thing with the contract a few years ago, um, and the last three or four years he's been your star man. And it takes someone brave enough to actually sit there and put his money where his mouth is and say, I've sat here, I've sat in the stands, I've watched Aubameyang not perform to turn around and go, actually, no, Lacazette's been sitting on the bench. Drop Aubameyang and I think we'll do better. And it takes someone brave to say that. And I think it's great having people on like you that put the hard miles in because you've seen Aubameyang drop a level. There's some fans that might, might watch the odd game here and there and they think, you know, I think about Arsenal. They walk around in Aubameyang shirt and think he's class. But really, since he's got that contract, and Chris Sutton keeps going on about it on Five Live and he gets belted for it, but it's true. Since Aubameyang has got that pay rise and contract, he's been nowhere to be seen. Um, and it's a shame because he's given aging man more money than you know he ever needed and he was never going to get that money unless he went to like China or something like that. So interesting point, Jonathan. Um, I'm going to go completely opposite um, to you, Danny. And Jonathan, please don't hate me. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll get a message off if I'm wrong. <laughs> Liverpool got beat by West Ham um, and traditionally Jürgen Klopp um, comes back great uh, when we have setbacks so, and it's at Anfield it's on the right it's a Saturday night um, we've got a little bit extra time to prepare I'm being bold 4-1 Liverpool um, I think Firmino's out, Firmino's out which could be a missing piece of jigsaw but I think with the likes of Origi coming into a little bit of form and uh, Jota has just been great since we've had him I think we'll be all over them. And Salah never scored the international break. So I think he's saving his legs for, for this match. Um, but in the meantime, guys, listen, Jonathan, it's been a pleasure to have you. We'll definitely have you on again. Um, good luck with Dar Square FC. Thank you. Um, are you going to match on Saturday? Are you traveling over to Liverpool? Or are you... No, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, getting away tickets are like hands teeth, to be honest. It's so difficult to get them. I mean, I don't, and I've got two, you have two boys here who are members as well with me, and you know that they're 15 and 13, so it's all Stone Island in the way matches, and that's what they want to do. So if the dad goes in a way match without them, they get, I get crucified, and getting three tickets is virtually impossible these days. So, uh, so no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get there. I was there the day Robbie Fowler scored the hat trick in eight minutes for you against us, 
and I was yeah, sitting yeah. in the main stand. It was the first day they actually let anybody sit in the cop. They let about 1,200 people sit in the cop uh, that day, and I sat in the main stand in Liverpool while Robbie Fowler put three past us in eight minutes, and you're just kind of going, oh, Jesus. And it was not the, it was not the day to be there because there'd only about four hundred away fans in because of the fact that they, they reduced capacity. So I managed to sneak a, a ticket in the home end, and uh, it, it it wasn't pleasant. But in saying that, <laughs> I've seen I've seen five Merseyside derbies, and I've never seen Liverpool one one. So ah, well, you, 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 <laughs> so he's barred, Danny. He's barred. There you go. We've only we've only not won about five in the last thirty years. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, as I say, thanks for coming on, Jonathan. It's been it's been an honour and a privilege. You've been a great guest. Um, Clearly know your stuff, and we'll definitely get you back on. Mm. Um, but in the meantime, guys, um, we're going to go take a short break, and then we're going to preview the Porto game. So thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, two breaks. We don't normally do this in a pod, but it was worth it for the interview with Johnny there. Um, lovely fella, lovely to be able to hear a little bit about about Arsenal, about his passion for it and his passion for the club that he started as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can stuff them and hopefully, as he said, hopefully they start a Bamiyang and he doesn't uh, resurrect the spirit of Andre Arshavan at Anfield and the absolute do is over. Um, but once that game's done and dusted, as we say this time of the year, it's a common saying on our podcast, the games come thick and fast. and um, Porto will be coming up after that. Now, obviously, we've won the Champions League group. The group of death. Group of death. What was that? Didn't even, didn't even know what happened. Absolutely smashed it. Um, so, how, how do you see this game going, Amo? Are we, are we going to be looking at a second-string Liverpool team here? Or do you think like Klopp always seems to me like the type of guy who he knows the fans pay a lot of money to come to the games? So, is he going to try and play a full-strength team because he knows it means so much to the fans? Champions League night, all the rest of it? Or... Is he is he going to do the sensible managerial thing and probably play a second string team? I think he's going to play a second string team, but like if you think about the Champions League registration works, um, you can't actually just play anyone. Everyone, there's just, there's a there's a quarter twenty five players, so I think you might see the likes of Alton getting the rest, and maybe Adriano or Gallo coming in, um, and maybe like to Canarte starting, maybe to Mestas, um, but then Robbo's injured, so maybe you might have to play anyway, um. But yeah, he's, he's going to make changes. And I think whatever team you see on Saturday against Arsenal, you're going to see the players that are on the bench play on Tuesday against Porto. Um, and do you know what? See if you're a Liverpool fan having away, I wouldn't mind a wee, um, a wee midweek trip to, to, to Portugal, you know, <laughs> whether this is a full self team or, you know, a half, um, half self team, you know, in the middle of, middle of November, are we, are we cheeky few nights away in Portugal? And, you know, that'd be great. Like, we don't get to do that. So, yeah, I don't care if it's a full... I'm a rinse the group. We've absolutely walked it. So, it's hard to do any kind of prediction because you don't know what team we're going to play. Um, but it'll be good to get minutes and legs for the likes of, like, the Origis, um, maybe Curtis Jones, hopefully he's back. Um, maybe Williams. He had a great international break with Wales there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of coming to a little bit of form, maybe at the right time. Um, give the likes of Arnold the rest. Um, don't know what's happening with Hendo. We could be injured then. So... And yeah, squad rotation and maybe give a few of the youngsters a game. Um, maybe Conor Bradley and um, the Dortmund Castle Berg, maybe get him his Champions League debut. Um, get Rigi a start because I think at a Rigi, we've discussed him many times, but he's going to have to play football over the Christmas period. And you'd rather him coming in after playing a few games under his belt. You know what I mean? Not 10 minutes in there. So it could be an important game for the likes of Divica Rigi. Um, and obviously, most Salah, he, 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 he's only scored so many goals. He's going to want to, you know, compete with these records with Ronaldo and stuff so could be a big game for him but result wise doesn't matter couldn't tell you I just it'd be, it'd be actually great to just watch it and have no pressure on it Danny and just watch it with the football that's my intentions um, what are yours? Um, yeah I think I'm similar to you I think I'm going to I think whatever team we see on Saturday we're going to see the total opposite team come out on on Wednesday um, so yeah I think it's yeah, I, I, like I think it just makes sense. I think if I was don't get me wrong, if I was a Liverpool fan and I'd paid for the ticket and all the rest of it, 
I'd want to see, you want to see the big names, you want to see the Van Dykes, you want to see Salas, you want to see Marnes, all the rest of it. But it, it just doesn't make sense to do that as a manager. When you've got so many games coming over the Christmas period, you've dominated the Champions League group and already won it. Why why go and play your big names and risk getting injured and all the rest of it? Um, when we've already, by the looks of it, got so many injuries coming into the team this weekend anyway. Um so yeah, I think we'll see a completely changed team. I think I think we'll see Gomez come in. I think Kelleher come in. Um, the only the names I, I think we'll probably see like Tiago and uh, Arigi and, and Minamino and people like that. I think they'll all be playing. Um, but yeah, I think it just makes sense to change it, doesn't it? I think Porto. I think Liverpool will still give a good account of themselves. Um, but. It wouldn't surprise me if Porto wins. Like they've still got a lot to play for in that group, so they're going to go full strength and they're going to go for it. Um, and I think this is the perfect time for them. Like go for it while we've got a weakened team. Try and get some points on the board, get themselves into that out of that group properly. Um, so yeah, like I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, and it's reluctantly, but I think I think we're probably going to lose it to be honest. And I'd say we're probably going to lose it maybe two one. Um, I think Origi will probably score for us, but I, I think Porto will beat us. Yeah, there you go. Um, it doesn't even matter, does it? How often you say that? Um, but it'd be good to stay unbeaten just for the momentum. You know, I would say, see if we don't get beaten next two games I'll be, I'll be, in the Champions League, that is, I'd be more than happy with that. Um, but yeah, result doesn't matter and let's just you know get ready for the, the following weekend, as they say. So yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think it shows how much it doesn't matter in the fact that Ammo is going to be watching... Champions League Tuesday night in Porto, while the rest of us are watching Champions League Wednesday night at Anfield. Um, <laughs> so I think I think that shows the level at which we don't care about this we, game. Uh, <laughs> we don't always go on our phones and Google everything like you, Danny. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. That's all that matters. That, you know, if, if it mattered, Danny, I would have been telling uh, the kickoff times and the uh, maybe getting last minute flights over. But it does not matter. But thank you for that. <laughs> what a way to end. I always like to throw it in, but yeah, if you looked at the uh, timestamp on my phone, most of my time is spent on Sky Sports News, picking out all this stuff before then. <laughs> but, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't tell the wives and girlfriends that we uh, we we care about football that much. This is a profession, <laughs> Danny. We're professional podcasters now. Don't forget. <laughs> we are indeed. We are indeed. So 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 we've been told. <laughs> but that's enough for us this week, and I hope you all enjoyed it, and hopefully you'll enjoy the games. And we'll get chatting to you next week. So thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.